Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. My name is Jared, and today we have got a great show for you. Later in the episode, we're going to be breaking down the box office projection. What did Black Adam do over the course of last weekend? And what did you all predict was going to be the outcome? of that movie releasing. Uh, So we'll talk about that later in the episode. Then we're also going to be running down the best horror movies of 2022 so far and where you can watch them. Finally, we have some little bits of news here and there as uh, DC has a major shakeup um, at the hest of Walter Hamada stepping down and James Gunn and Peter Safran are going to lead the film and TV division uh, as well as the animation division as well as co-chairs of DC Studios. Um, Apple has confirmed the new iPhone is getting USB-C, which no surprise there, but they're not happy about it. And also we have a new Silent Hill movie on the way with returning director Christoph Gans. So uh, a lot to look forward to, certainly, and I can't wait to get into all of it. So bear with me as we go through the news. If you would like to support our show, consider joining the crew by subscribing to our Patreon. Every dollar counts towards commission for our contributors and improving our network. Membership to our Patreon grants you different perks, depending on what part of the crew you opt into. If you're someone who likes behind-the-scenes content, our director's crew has access to a close friends group on Instagram, as well as a Discord server and, of course, Twitter circles. Meanwhile, the producer crew is gifted discounted merch codes and exclusive video discussions, reviews, and vlogs. For executive producers that go above and beyond, we send a little special care package their way as a way to say thanks. Whether you're looking to gain early access to video content or listen to our Patreon-exclusive podcast, Close Up with the Borough Reviews, you can find it all on our Patreon page. Membership is a critical metric that we use to indicate the success of our network, and we know that we can count on you for some support. Head over to patreon.com slash theboroughreviews to sign up. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. This week's headlines come from The Verge, The Hollywood Reporter, and Empire. James Gunn and Peter Safran are set to lead the film, TV, and animation division over at DC Studios with the title of co-chairs who will report directly to CEO David Zasloff. The duo are set to replace Walter Hamada, who departed the studio last week. Uh, That search had all of Hollywood guessing and playing executive bingo for who would land one of the most coveted and challenging jobs in the town. In recent weeks, Gunn and Safran were spotted on the Warner Brothers lot meeting with Warner Films co-chair Michael DeLuca about future projects, and according to sources, the initial overture to Safran and Gunn came from DeLuca over the summer, even as the studio was still in shaky talks with producer Dan Lin to take the job. Gunn will focus on the creative side of things, while Safran will focus on the business and production side, and both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects respectively. Meanwhile, Apple has given its most direct confirmation yet that a USB-C equipped iPhone will happen now that the European Union is mandating that all phones sold in its member countries use the connector if they have a physical charger. When asked by the Wall Street Journal's Joanna Stern if the company would replace Lightning, Apple's senior VP of Worldwide Marketing, Greg Jaswiak, answered by saying, 
quote, obviously we'll have to comply, we have no choice. Stern brought the law up during a talk with Joswiak and software VP Craig Federighi at the Wall Street Journal's Tech Live conference and followed up by asking when we can expect to see the USB-C on an iPhone. Joswiak replied, quote, the Europeans are the ones dictating timing for European customers. Currently, the law dictates that, quote, all mobile phones and tablets will have to use USB-C by autumn of 2024. And after a decade or so lost in the fog, the Silent Hill franchise seems about to re-emerge in a big way. A live stream from Konami Overnight revealed that three new games are in the works, two all-new ones, and a PC and PS5 remake of Silent Hill 2, and a new movie, Return to Silent Hill, is also underway, and is set to be directed by Christoph Gans, who also helmed the 2006 adaptation. Silent Hill was Gan's third feature, following the anime adaptation Crying Freeman and the historical epic Brotherhood of the Wolf. In a Silent Hill transmission streamed on YouTube by Konami in the last week, Gan says that his return to Silent Hill will adapt the second game, which is, quote, the best of these stories about a guy coming back to Silent Hill where he has known a great love. What he is going to find is pure nightmare. Producer Samuel Hadida likens it to the myth of Orpheus whether a man can go deep into hell to bring back the soul of the person he loved the most in life. Aside from the film and remake, the other two game titles were revealed as Townfall, which has the involvement of Annapurna Interactive, and Silent Hill F, which will take place in Japan. There are teasers for both, but neither gives much away. The big franchise relaunch is currently in its early stages, so it's not quite clear yet when, any of it will arrive, but expect more information over the next year or two. Hey, we have our own YouTube channel. That's where we upload video reviews of the latest TV shows and movies, stream some gaming content on occasion, and just recently we've started doing in-depth video essay analysis. We have a goal to reach 400 subscribers by the end of the year, and right now we are about 300 subs away from reaching that goal. We'd like to celebrate by doing something special for our followers if we reach our goal, and we'll rely on you to help us decide what we end up doing. To find us, simply go to youtube.com slash Reviews. Make sure to not only subscribe if you like the content, but to give the video a like and ring the bell to make sure you receive notifications when we upload or go live. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. So you all had thoughts on Twitter and Patreon about what Black Adam was going to do at the box office last weekend. Uh, just to give you a quick rundown of numbers on Twitter, 26.8% of you said 50 million, 12.2% of you said 55 million, uh, 26.8 said 60 million, and finally, the crowned number was 65 million at 34.1%. Um, so a lot of you were kind of in the in the right uh, there because Black Adam flies to a 67 million domestic box office debut and a 140 million debut worldwide. Uh, it's a strong start uh, as this character has never been brought to 
uh, proper screen adaptation in the DC universe. So this adaptation specifically is breaking new waves. Uh, it's 25% above 2019 Shazam and 1% below 2018's Aquaman. So it's pretty on par with what some of the other like DC properties and the notable DC properties, I, I should say the properties that have been more receptive to good feedback uh, from fans and critics alike. Um, so it's pretty comparable with those, which is kind of astonishing when you consider the fact that uh, those were both pre-COVID and not much had changed. And now we're staring at it um, at that figure of 67 million. And we can't help but think that, wow, like we've we've come a long way. Because uh, if you would have asked me you know, a year ago whether or not this movie would be up here in the 60 million, almost $70 million range, I would have said you're a joke. <laughs> um, and I would have said no, very resoundingly. So the fact that it, it that it did make this kind of debut is it's speaking to the larger concept of where movies are going and where the theatrical experience is really landing. Um, it's 11% above Hobbs and Shaw, 13% above Jumanji The Next Level, and 22% above San Andreas. Those are also starring Dwayne Johnson. Um so I just it's the biggest opening of Dwayne Johnson's career and honestly like I'm I'm kind of shocked. Um it it's definitely something that I wasn't expecting but I'm kind of glad to see it get there. I mean, um that's a pretty big deal. So uh hopefully I haven't seen it yet but hopefully I'll be able to get out and watch it and let you all know what I think of it. Um for Halloween Ends, it debuted last weekend with a 40 million dollar opening. Uh, in first place with the simultaneous day and date release in cinemas and on Peacock. Um, it was a little bit below pre-release projections, which were around the $50 million range. Um, this weekend, it had a steep 80% drop to fourth place uh, with only $8 million. And I must say, you know, this is Halloween weekend coming up now. And the fact that you weren't able to capitalize on that audience and at least keep your steep drop somewhere in the 50 to 60 percent range uh is kind of disheartening for that movie and i i can't help but think that that is a 100 percent correlation between the day and date release that it had because maybe had it been only in theaters people wouldn't be you know turning on peacock to watch it uh on halloween weekend or the week before halloween i should say um so that's really interesting but um, there's not too much coming out this weekend. We have Kate Blanchett's Tar, um, which I'm really excited to go see, and, and and a few other like limited releases, but no big box office break. Uh, Black Adam kind of solidified uh, somewhat of a stronger opening, um, certainly than we've had since the beginning of September. So uh, it's nice to see that uptick, and of course it'll carry out through the rest of the year with. The limited release of you know Glass Onion and Knives Out story. You also have Avatar Two: The Way of Water and a few other notable things. So I imagine that now is the time that we'll see the box office actually pick up. For the sake of full transparency, I'm about to pull the best horror movies of 2022 and where to watch them from a few different sources. Most notably. Uh, the Los Angeles Times, 17, and also Variety. So you can go read those articles there. I'll probably try and link them down in the show notes. Uh, but they do a pretty good job of kind of giving us a well-rounded look at what we have to watch this weekend. It is spooky season. It's the end of spooky season. 
Uh, and unfortunately, Halloween falls on a Monday, so you can't do as many festivities as you would like. But try and get the most out of your weekend by watching some of these movies that we're about to cover. So the most notable horror movie and the most recent one, I think, on this list, other than maybe Pearl, is Barbarian, which has a running time of one hour and 43 minutes. Currently, it is streaming on Amazon Prime, which you can rent or buy, and it's also on HBO Max if you have a subscription. Writer-director Zach Krager's twisty classic in the making about a woman who finds her sketchy Airbnb already occupied by a mysterious stranger is a must, whether you've experienced its deliciously labyrinth chills in theaters or are diving in for the first viewing. The Los Angeles Times points out Deadstream, which is 1 hour and 27 minutes, and it's included on AMC Plus and on Shudder. With its ghoulish Evil Dead style roller coaster energy and a live streaming protagonist you love to hate, Deadstream will be remembered as a signpost of our very online times. After Deadstream, you can hit play on Shudder's VHS 99, the latest iteration of the long running found footage anthology, whose highlights include the bizarro Ozzy's Dungeon from musician filmmaker Flying Lotus and Winners Y2K, set quote, to Helen Back, featuring another zany turn by Deadstream co-star Melanie Stone. With a subscription to Hulu, you have Hellraiser, which has a running time of two hours, and after nine sequels of diminishing returns, the 2022 reboot of Clyde Barker's iconic, erotic 1987 horror classic has such sights to show you. Released by Hulu earlier this month and directed by Nighthouse Helmer, David Bruckner, it unfolds as the familiar puzzle box from Hell falls into the hands of a new heroine, who begins to unlock its mysteries as the body count piles up. While not as extreme as the original, the new Hellraiser nonetheless comes with Barker's seal of approval. And then we have Pearl, an extraordinary origin story, which has a running time of 1 hour and 43 minutes. It's available to rent and buy on Amazon Prime and Apple TV, as well as rent and buy on Vudu. In the year of 2022, we've had two Ty West original movies that are part of a larger trilogy, and that is with the 1970s set slasher X, in which a porn crew meets their fates at the hands of an old biddy on a remote Texas farm, and then a few months later, Pearl came out and landed in theaters, pulling audiences further into the backstory of Goss' titular axe murderer as a starry-eyed young woman with showbiz dreams circa World War I, a prequel so unsettling it kept Martin Scorsese up at night. This weekend, we have the release of Wendell and Wild, which is premiering on Netflix this Friday, and it's a stop-motion horror comedy co-written by director Henry Selick and Nopes Jordan Peele, and it welcomes adults and older kids alike into an eccentric and visually inventive new world filled with supernatural thrills, teen angst, and humor with heart. With your subscription to Shudder, you have Slashback, Inuit Girl takes the center stage. <clears throat> Inuit Girls take center stage and take on bloodthirsty, shape-shifting aliens. And filmmaker Nyla Anuksuk's appealing directorial debut out now on VOD and streaming on Shudder, with a nod to The Thing, Slashback creates a world entirely of its own as eerie happenings unfold. You also have Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix. Um, this is kind of like an anthology series. It's eight handsome hour-long terror tales that the streamer has just in time for Halloween, boasted by a level of production 
and value that you won't find in genre anthologies. Highlights include an 80s flavored outlier, The Beautification, Parabelle, The Outsider, directed by Anna Lily Amapur and starring Kate Michini, Martin Starr, and Dad Stevens. And if that wasn't enough for you, you have one of the first horror films in the year of 2020 to be released with Scream, the fifth installment in the horror franchise that takes place 25 years after the original and finds a new ghost face killer hunting down victims with ties to the OGs. The original trio of Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette returned, and we also had several new Woodsboro residents portrayed by Melissa Barrera, Mason Gooding, Dylan Minnette, Jenna Ortega, and many more. Its release date was early on in January 2022. You can find that currently on Prime Video or on Showtime. If you want to have some self-loathing and just, you know, all around hate yourself, go ahead and watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, It's the direct sequel to the original 1974 movie on Netflix. It came out in February and it's not good. Um, So there is that. You have Fresh, which came out earlier in the year on Hulu. Um, and this is a movie that takes place, uh, around the idea of dating apps. And then you have the video game movie, Choose or Die, a horror film that's set to stream exclusively on Netflix. Um, and it tells the tale of Kayla, a young student who's recently been fired and stumbles across an old video game from the 1980s. Right now, streaming on Peacock, we have The Black Phone, which, uh, if you know anything about Ren, it's her favorite horror movie of the year. It tells the tale of Finney, a 13-year-old boy who gets abducted by a vicious murderer known as the Grabber. He's locked away in a soundproof basement where no one can hear his cries for help. Uh, It's a really intense movie, but it's so tastefully done that I would highly recommend it. Ethan Hawke stars. You also have Note from director Jordan Peele earlier this summer, which basically focuses on an alien invasion gone wrong, and we learn more about what the aliens are here for, if they're aliens, and uh, more importantly, have some fun and laughs and thrills along the way. It stars Daniel Kaluuya, star of Peel's Get Out, and also Kiki Palmer, with um, a brief role from Stephen Young that actually plays a bigger part in the story. Um, I do recommend you checking it out. One of the summer's surprises, I would say, was actually Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. One of the latest films from A24, it follows a group of young rich friends who plan a hurricane party at a family member's secluded mansion, but their fun and carefree vacation turns dark and twisted when they decide to play Bodies, 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 a pretend murder-style game that becomes all too real when someone is killed. Leading us to the recent release of Orphan First Kill in August. You can watch it right now on Prime Video. And that brings us to some of the more recent films from this year. We have Dr. Rose Cotter, who scrambles to find the reasoning behind a string of terrifying and unsettling incidents, which begin to occur after she witnesses the brutal death of one of her patients. And that, of course, is the description of Smile, which released at the end of September. There's the obvious Hocus Pocus 2 on Disney Plus for those of you to watch. And then if you want to see Jamie Lee Curtis a.k.a. Laurie Strode and Michael Myers square off one more time in David Gordon Green's Blumhouse trilogy, you can do so with Halloween Ends, which is streaming on Peacock currently and in theaters. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, what do we have for the rest of the year? And we have The Menu, which is coming in the middle of November, and that is Ralph Fiennes of Harry Potter fame, who stars in the upcoming horror comedy, 
as a severe, world-class culinary expert. He prepares elaborate tasting menus at his exclusive restaurant on a remote coastal island, creating decadent dishes for those such as Margaret, played by Anya Taylor-Joy, and Tyler, played by Nicholas Holt. But the chef's secrets may be too much for the pair, um, and they begin to uncover some of the ingredients that are used in his most world-renowned dishes. You have Violent Night, starring uh, David Harbour uh, of Stranger Things fame as Santa, which it's a ridiculous, ludicrous movie. I watched a little bit of it at CinemaCon. Absolutely bonkers, that movie. And then we'll just anxiously await uh, Scream 2022 sequel, uh, which is set to come out, I think, in March of 2023. So we still have a ways to go on that movie, but we should be getting a trailer anytime soon. Let us know what you're watching this weekend down in the comments below and or tweet at us to let us know. And maybe you have a recommendation that we didn't cover and uh, we would also like to know what you have in mind. I know at this point you've heard a lot about our website, theburrreviews.com, but I wanted to share some of the content that you can expect from us in case you missed it. On our site, you'll find podcasts, movie reviews, opinion articles, feature content, and more covering all types of cinema. If you're looking for a review of your latest project, we got you covered. Simply search theburrreviews.com in your web browser and you'll find us. As a company currently residing in Nebraska, we know how hard it can be to get your message out to the world and we are there to help. Find our contact page on our website and fill out the form. You'll be able to find a list of submission guidelines on the page, but note that not every submission will be accepted, mainly due to time restrictions, but we welcome all types of motion pictures, short films, and music videos. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the site now and check it out. The Burr Reviews, your movie refuge. For new releases this week, we have a few different things. Like I said, Tar, uh, starring Kate Blanchett, is about to come out in limited release, and I highly recommend that you give that movie a chance. Go watch the trailer right now. Um, it's about a orchestrator, a conductor, um, who has a dark, dark past and has some skeletons in the closet, and they start to unfold. Um, and it's a really interesting, unique concept, and I highly recommend you go out and check the trailer for that. For TV and or streaming, we have Wendell and Wild releasing on Netflix this weekend. It is the Jordan Peele and Henry Selleck movie uh, starring Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael Key. And uh, that specific movie is looking to be really unique. It's stop motion animation. There's a lot of cool things that they're trying to do with it. So I highly recommend you go check that out. And then my pick for video games, um, it's kind of basic as we await the sequel to God of War, um, we have Modern Warfare 2, which is the sequel to the 2019 reboot of the same name. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess at this point, you've, if you've pre-ordered the game, you've been able to play the campaign a little bit. Uh, I have not dived into it yet. I might. Um, but, you know, that game is releasing this weekend. If you want to dive into all the juicy goodness that is Call of Duty, um, these games are a little bit more photorealistic, a little bit slower, and that's what I'm hearing about this one specifically. And uh, if you're anxiously awaiting uh, Modern Warfare Warzone um, 2.0, Warzone 2.0 will be releasing later on in November, so you have that to look forward to as well. 
But thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of the Into the Borough podcast here on the Borough Reviews Network. Uh, We hope you enjoyed trying to find out what you're watching this weekend and just a quick snapshot of some of the news stories that we've had over the past week. Like I said, there's probably several other things that we could have talked about. Those are just the three that we picked. You're going to have to deal with it for now. Um, But uh, yeah, keep your eyes peeled for new content coming on the channel. We have our Anime Nebraska Con video uh, coming up some point um, in the next few days here. And basically, it's just a small vlog detailing our experience covering the convention that was held in the Omaha Council Bluffs metro area last weekend. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I took a lot of photos. And there's an article right now at com. You can go find that um, and just read about all the different things that we had at that convention. It's basically the, the largest and the longest running anime convention in the Omaha metro and um, it's really unique. It's grown every year. And this year, you know, and last year they had it at a new venue and kind of how that's changed things internally with the actual convention um, was really interesting as someone who's gone for a few years. So um, I had a lot of fun doing that. And then coming up too, we also have Reddit stories and uh, a Halloween ends or rather uh, my David Gordon Green and Blumhouse Halloween trilogy. Uh, recap, which I'm going to tell you what I liked, what I didn't like. It's going to kind of be a hot and cold, hot potato video. I can't wait for you all to check that out, but keep your eyes open for all of that and more, and we'll see you in the next episode, everyone. Bye-bye.